the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, and that season is this lifetime. But when men wake up in eternity, they found out it was all a lie. I was never there in that state or that what I felt was all a falsehood. I kept looking down. I told Kim, it's amazing. But instead of looking at the screen, I just looked down. I could see the, the room we were in and the floor right beneath my feet. But if you looked up, it felt like you were in the air flying. And I'll just look down and say, that's amazing. How did they do that? Just about every ride in that park is, is turned to that. There's very few like rides where you just ride like a roller coaster or something. Most of the rides are all the simulated imagery and effects. And wind blowing on you and making you think. And uh, all the effects are real. But if you look down, you, you discover none of it's real. It just makes you, it tricks your mind into thinking that this is the way it is. And that's really the way Satan does. But I'm glad tonight that Jesus is truth. Yeah. When he filled me with the Holy Ghost, there's no falsehood. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, just, some people are afraid of emotions. There are some people that for them, you know, they, they, they've got emotions, but not God. But when I know what I have and what I possess is real, I'm not afraid to get emotional about it because I serve a God of truth. He's the one that gave me the emotions. And when I feel him and it's exhilarating, if I shout hallelujah, I know what I'm shouting about. If I clap my hands, I know who I'm clapping to, who I'm clapping for. So uh, I'm not afraid of a feeling or an emotion because I know it's grounded and based in Christ, and I know he's, he, he's not deceiving me, but he's grounded me in, in truth. I want to preach to you tonight out of the book of Genesis, chapter number 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7. Genesis, chapter number 3. We'll read verses 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. I, I want to preach to you on this thought, Satan the deceiver. Satan the deceiver. Father, we thank you for your word. and God, we ask you tonight that you will, by your spirit, speak to our heart through the word of God. Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. 
God, help us to hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. Again, I pray for those that are sick. I pray, God, for your healing touch upon their life. I pray that you'll order our steps in your word. You'll keep us rooted and grounded in the truth. And oh, God, I pray that you are uh, knowing that you're soon to come, that we will, because of your word, be found ready. And that God will be armed and equipped with your word. The only way I know to combat deception and to combat a lie is to know the truth. God, help us to be able to share this truth with many that we know to be deceived. God, we'll praise you for what you're going to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good to see Sister Sheila with us tonight. Appreciate her and Brother Bob both love them dearly. I want us to look, uh, first of all, we, we preached a few messages on, on Satan and his uh, plan or strategy in, in warring against us as children of God. And I, I never really got back into it, but when you're out of church for a few weeks, that's really all you've got time to do is, uh, is you know, search the scriptures and study and try to preoccupy your mind with the things of God. So uh, just like God kind of renewed it in my mind, being in that park, thinking about all those rides, how they're built and based upon tricking your mind and deceiving your mind into thinking that you're way up high in the clouds and all of the effects that they throw in, what visual effects, the, uh, you know, the, noise or sound effects and sprinkle in water and you know put smoke in the room or whatever to make you think that you're somewhere that you're not and uh, I just got to thinking man we live in a in a world of deception because Satan is the prince of the power of the air and the god of this world and it's uh it's a lie I was I was reading uh, some stuff on online and uh I don't know how, just some, some kind of little adver, advertisement of a joke of the day, and it was about Satan. And normally, I would never click on anything like that, but I clicked on it. It was about uh, it was a joke about Satan uh, lying to a politician, <laughs> one liar talking to another. And so, uh, this politician. He, he dies, and it says he's standing before the gates of heaven, and he was told, he said, we're, uh, we're going to give you the choice and the option, and we're going to allow you to choose whether you want to go to heaven or whether you want to go to hell. He said, wow, that's an easy choice for me to make. He said, I want to go to heaven. He said, well, in order for you to know that, you need to spend a day in hell. And uh, he said, oh, oh, please, no, I don't even want to spend one day there. He said, those are the rules. you got to spend one day in hell. And so he said, off you go. And he said, he's hurling. He feels his body descending, and he curls up into a fetal position, and he's, you know, expecting to wake up, and there's going to be flames, and there's going to be heat, and there's going to be agony, and there's going to be pain, and there's going to be just every horror known to mankind. I'm going to wake up to every known horror and this is going to be the worst 
day of my life. And he wakes up and he said, the sun's shining, it's perfect temperature. And he's standing outside this gigantic, looks like a five-star resort. And it's surrounded by pro golf courses. And he said, out walks his wife. And it says she is 20 years old again and madly in love with him and just treating him as good or better than he's ever been treated. And somebody comes out and he says, I, I'm here to show you to your room. And they take him up to his room and he says, excuse me, but I, I thought I was supposed to be in hell. The guy said, you are. And he, he said, well, I just didn't think hell was going to be like this. And uh, the man said, well, we've gotten a bad reputation over the years, but it's not, it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, who are you? He said, I'm Satan. He said, I'm here to show you around. The joy and the pleasures mm -hmm. of, of my world, mm -hmm. my domain. Takes him to a room, king-size bed, jacuzzi, just every modern amenity. He's having the time of his life. That evening, they fed him the best supper you could possibly feed anybody. Took him down. They had a casino, a gambling hall. Gave him a bunch of money. He gambled, you know, just served him drinks. Just anything he wanted, he indulged in. Went back to the room. He and his wife spent a great night together. He's thinking, man. You know, I thought hell was an awful place. This is wonderful. This is awesome. He wakes up the next morning and he's standing back at the gates of heaven. And they said, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be an eternity in the presence of God living only to, to enjoy him and the pleasure of his company and to do his will? Or is it going to be hell? He said, well, I never, I never dreamed in a million years I'd ever be given this choice, and I never dreamed of the answer that I would give. But having thought about it, uh, hell's not such a bad place, and I think I'd rather go there than I had heaven. And he said, so be it. To hell you go. And uh, he wakes up, and he's, a, he's in a lake of fire. <laughs> And he's burning and screaming in agony. And Satan's standing there laughing at him. And he said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, this, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I was just here yesterday and it was a wonderful place. And Satan said, you knew I was a liar. You knew I was a liar. Did you really think that that's what hell was going to be like? He's a liar. And every temptation and every sinful pleasure is all a lie. Man, it feels good to just go out and party and drink and do drugs. For a season it will. Man, it feels good to do whatever I want to do and indulge in all kinds of pleasures or that bring pleasure to the flesh. Yeah, right now it does. But it won't on that day. Amen. I, I want to preach on him, Satan the deceiver, tonight. I won't ever forget, I, 
I went some, we went, Dad and I went to Kentucky. I was, I think I had Brother Donnie lined up to go and he couldn't go. And then I had Brother JP lined up to go and he couldn't go. And uh, he said, Brother, you just preach some day service and the night service. Just come by yourself. I said, okay, it's 12 hour drive. And I asked Dad if he wanted to go with me and he went. And uh, we uh, got up there and it was one of the services I preached on. I was telling Brother Bob about it a few, few weeks back. We preached on uh, Satan's obituary. I don't know if you, I preached it here. I don't know if you remember it or not, but I preached on Satan's obituary. He, I preached out of Revelation and that he was cast into the bottomless pit where the beast and the false prophet are, the smoke of their torment went up forever and forever. I say, every time you read that verse, every time you read that text, you are reading Satan's obituary. He's the only created being that he can look ahead and tell you exactly what his end is going to be. And uh, man, we preach Satan's obituary. I'm telling you, that church, they shouted, they bucked, they danced. They rejoiced. We had we had church. I ain't kidding. We we danced on the devil's head that night. And uh, my dad told me, he said, "Son, you need to preach that everywhere you go." He said, "I ain't never heard nothing like that. That was that was just awesome." It unleashed. I, I think every demonic power in hell was dispatched to eighty-eight hundred two Caitlin Street. I mean, for a season of about three. Three years total, it's like he put crosshairs on me and said, oh, you like that, huh? You think you did damage to me with that? I will see. And uh, I've never forgotten that. I haven't. And when I, you know, you're typing out an outline, you're going to preach on him to expose him and put him in the spotlight so that you can destroy his works. You can bind the strong man. And spoil his goods. It's like that little voice come back and say, you had had enough. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you don't want to mess with me. On, I'm just saying, it's, it's not me. Amen. I'm not battling Satan. Right. Amen. Right. It's the Lord in me yeah. that's already defeated him. Yeah. All I got to do is be faithful to my Lord yeah. because Satan's already defeated yeah. All I have to do is not succumb to the lies yes, sir. and the fear yes. that he puts in my mind. Yeah. Whatever he says to me is not real. That's right. And whatever I feel as an effect of him warring against me is to instill fear in my heart that God won't fulfill his word in me. Amen. He will. Yeah. God won't lie. Right. The Bible says God cannot lie. And so in reality, fear is a lie. Fear itself right. is a deceiver. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I was thinking about all of that, and I thought to myself, well, devil, you don't like me, and I don't like you. So I'm just going to preach what God laid upon my heart. I want us to look, number one, at Satan's target. His target of deception is your mind. 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth says, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. As that serpent, which was Satan, 
deceived Eve through his subtlety or trickery so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Simplicity, I know what you, you, you think the same thing I think. We read that word out of the King James Bible. Simplicity is two plus two equals four. One plus one equals two. That's just simple. Simplicity is your ABCs and your, you know, your vowels. A-E-I-O-U. They're just, that's just simple. We, can, we don't even have to use our brain to think about simple things. But that is not the simplicity that God is speaking of in the King James text. Simplicity in our King James Bible comes from a Greek word that means singleness or singularity, which means the state of being single or exclusive. And when you take that word, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the singularity that is in Christ or from the exclusivity that is in Jesus Christ. It means a state of being single or exclusive. The verse is saying that our minds should belong to Christ exclusively. This mind was redeemed by Jesus Christ. You are not carnal minded as born again believers, but you are spiritually minded. And therefore you have to guard what you allow to occupy or preoccupy your mind. The Bible says, casting down every thought and every high thing that exalts itself against Jesus Christ, bringing into captivity every thought under the obedience of Christ. My mind belongs to Jesus. Exclusively, it is his. We're spiritually minded people. The Bible said to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you know when you keep your mind, I, the Bible said thou wilt give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Do you know when your mind is exclusively God's, fear has no place to dwell. When your mind is exclusively his, You know, lust and perversion and wickedness have no dwelling place. My mind is pure. The Bible said to the pure, all things are pure. You look through pure eyes. You hear through pure ears and you receive into a pure heart. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he went on to say, who made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto death. This mind that was in Christ was a mind or a mindset of lowliness. He thought it not robbery to be uh, called equal with God, meaning he he took no pride in being a man as equal with God. He never tried to subvert the authority of God, though he was equal with God. He was the one 
that Satan lied when he says to Adam, if you'll eat that fruit, you will be as God. That's a lie. But Jesus Christ, he didn't need to eat no fruit. He was as God. But he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. He never subverted God's authority. If God said don't eat it, he wasn't going to eat it. If God said don't do it, he was not going to do it. He didn't subvert the authority of God. He was the embodiment of God. He said, let this mind be in you. His mind was spiritual. His mind was pure. His mind was never on him. It was never on the things of this world. It was always, he said, lo, it is written of me in the volume of the book, I am come to do thy will, O God. Why were you born again? To do the will of God in the earth. You're the church. You're the body of Christ. Why does my hand exist? To do what my mind tells it to do. Why do my eyes exist? To show my body where to go. My mind has a, a place in mind where I'm to go. My eyes are going to take me there. What, 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 what purpose do my feet have that's to take this body where my mind is set on going? What purpose has the church to do the will of God in the earth? Christ is our head. The Holy Ghost is the mind of Christ. The Word of God is our direction. We exist solely to do His will. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, but as it is written, I have not seen, ear have not heard, or nor ear heard, neither have, <coughs> neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God, listen to this, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. There are things we know about heaven. Isn't that right? For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which, that, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Yes. 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 I tell you, the, the Holy Ghost searches out the deep things of God. The Bible said no man can know God save the Spirit of God. And Paul said we have the mind of Christ. The Holy Ghost is the mind of Christ. He searches out the Scripture and shows you the truth. A natural man can't see the truth because the truth's not in him. He's living a lie. Yeah. 
He's living out of sea life. He, what his eyes see are a myth. It's a delusion. It's a mirage. It's not real. It's the writer in Proverbs that says, uh, don't look at the woman that bats, your eye, that bats her eye at you. Don't, uh, uh, don't walk into the, into the door of the adulterous woman says because her doorway is the doorway to hell. You can't know that hell's on the other side of that door unless you're a spiritual man or a spiritual woman, but the carnal man will run through that door. You think about all the people that have committed evil, wickedness, and gotten away with it scot-free. Nobody knows who the killer was. Nobody knows who the rapist or who the, you know, criminal was. It's a mystery, an unsolved mystery, and they got away with it scot-free. No, no. The Bible said their end is the way of death. They're going to be found out. The judge of the whole earth is going to tell them, they're going to say, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I was only doing what I was taught to do. I was only doing what I thought felt right or, or I thought felt good. Satan is going to be there. The Bible said that he is going to present himself with the brethren when they stand before God as the accuser of the brethren. Satan is going to appear and he's going to look at them and laugh at them and he's going to say, you knew I was a liar. The most important point I want to make if Satan can get you to believe a lie and he can begin to work in your life to lead you to sin. If man believes there's no consequence to his actions, it is in man's carnal nature he will do whatever he wants to do. Hath not God said, ye shall not eat of any of the trees in the garden? That's a lie. He's trying to magnify the fact that she can't eat one tree. Right. Right. He's trying to now make that one tree that represents sin and death the most desirable tree in the garden. Right. The only way he can do it is to make her think, oh my God, look at all the things you're not allowed to have. Mm -hmm. You're missing out on the best thing there is in the whole garden. She said, no, actually, God said we can eat of all the trees of the garden. There's only one tree we can't eat of. It's the tree in the midst of the garden. The day we eat of that tree, we'll die. He says, well, actually, you won't die. Really? Really? God knows. Now the devil's speaking for God. God knows that the day you eat of that tree that you yourself will know all good and all evil. And you'll be able to make your own decisions. Whatever you deem to be good will be good. Whatever you deem to be evil will be evil to you. And you will be your own God 
no longer needing him or desiring him. That's why God has kept you from the one tree in the midst of the, and the Bible said, and when she looked and saw that the tree was a tree to be desired. Do what? When she looked and saw the tree was a tree to be desired, that's not a tree to be desired. That's a tree to be hated. That's a tree to shun. That's a tree to run away from. That's a tree that ought to make you sick to your stomach. A tree to be desired and a tree that can make one wise. It's all a lie. It's based on a lie. The whole foundation of his kingdom is built upon that lie. His target he can get you to believe a lie if you think there's no consequence to sin and you will you will try it listen when God said thou shalt not it's for your own good that you don't do it do you know that when Jesus said when he said therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and these two shall be made one. And so when the Lord said, thou shalt not commit adultery, do you know he, when he said that, he said, if you do that, that's going to hurt you bad. That's going to hurt you bad, and that's going to hurt her bad, and that's going to hurt your kids bad, and that's going to hurt your grandkids and that hurt is just going to be a hurt for a long time. And you're going to wish a thousand times over you wouldn't have done that. It's going to torment your mind. It's going to torment your heart. It's going to vex your spirit. If I were you, I wouldn't do it. Somebody said, man, you Christians can't do anything. We can do anything we want to do. But because we see through spiritual eyes the consequence, I no more want to step out on my wife than I want to put my hand on a hot griddle. Because I know what's waiting on the other side if I do. I had a girl that she was just I hate to use the word. She was just promiscuous, I'll say that. And uh, she was a friend. I was never with her, but always around her as a teenage boy. You know, she chased me and wanted me to chase her, but I was married, working over in Bamonette, and I, she pulled, I wasn't saved. I wasn't saved. She pulled up in the gas station. I was pumping gas. She was working for a lawyer. She had her own little suit outfit. It was a mini skirt outfit. She pulled up beside me. She said, hey. She said, what are you doing over here? I said, I'm working here. She said, you off? And I said, well, yeah. I said, I'm getting gas and I'm going home. She took that mini skirt and she pulled it all the way up. Showed the garter connected to her. Stock and she said, Won't you follow me? I said, Nope. 
And she said, why not? I said, you know why. Because I'm married. And she said, Kim Kennedy ain't worth nothing. And I said, not to you. I said, but to me, she's my everything. And I said, more than that, we got a little girl. A little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl who's also a big part of my world. And I said, I love her and that girl more than I ever could want to be with you. Come on. It ain't never going to happen. And I was lost. I wasn't saved. I just knew that all that girl wanted was to be with me. And the first thing she was going to do was get in touch. Somebody was going to get in touch with my wife. And it was all going to be a joke on me. She didn't want me. She just wanted to destroy me. If Satan sees your soul prospering in the will of God, he wants to try to destroy you. If he sees you with joy in your life, he wants to replace joy with sorrow. If he sees you with victory, he wants you to taste defeat. And he knows there's no way he can do it. God has put a hedge around us. What is the hedge? It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the good Holy Ghost that's in us. It's the word of God is a fence all around us. God's put a hedge all around us. And the only way he can destroy us is to get us to destroy ourselves. To cause us to believe a lie and to sin against our God. His target is our mind and Satan's weapon is his lies. In Revelation 12 and 9, that old serpent who is called the devil and Satan who deceiveth the whole world. Revelation 12 and 9. It's not just in America. It's in the whole world. Anywhere you go, the gospel needs to be preached. Yeah, that's right. Russia, China, Japan, North America, South America, all over the European continent. Anywhere you go, there is a need to preach the gospel. Why? Because the truth is the only thing that can combat a lie. Ye shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Free from what? The clutch of deception. If a man knows he's about to walk off the cliff, if he's got any brain in his head at all, he'll turn around. John 8 and 44, Jesus said, when he speaks a lie, he speaks his own. For there's no truth in him. He is a liar and the father of lies. The step Satan took in getting Eve to believe his lie, he questioned the word of God. Hath God said? Is that really what God meant? Is that really what God intends? You ever had somebody to 
talk Bible with you and they say, you really think that's what God meant when he said that? Well, I think he said what he meant. And I'm really sure he means what he says. Because Jesus is the word of God. We beheld him as the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. He was the word of God made flesh. And if God can change his mind, then Jesus is not the Savior. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word will never change. God won't change his mind concerning right and wrong, concerning sin and death, concerning life and heaven. God will not change his mind. He's not going to let anybody in heaven that's not born again. I'm sorry. If they're a good Mormon, I'm sorry. You must be born again. I'm sorry to every Jehovah's Witness that's trying to work their way into the city. You must be born again. Not of works lest any man should boast. I'm sorry to every Buddhist uh, and to every Islamist, uh, every Muslim. Uh, you must be born again. Believe thou on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Unapologetically, I preach Jesus, uh, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. You don't have to apologize when we stand before God and when you look me and your contemporaries in the eye, the only thing you'll ever have to apologize for is if you knew the truth and didn't tell it to them. But if you preach Christ, you'll stand unapologetically and tell them this was the way and I told you to walk in it. Think about that, folks. Isn't it a good thing to know that we know the truth? That we're not deceived, Brother Daniel said. Truth was planted in him as a child that kept him from being deceived by fault. You go into prison, there's every false god. There he is in that place. I preached in the prison. Man, the Seventh-day Adventists were strong in the prison. Hey, listen, an ordered regimented, work your way there, lifestyle, that, those prisoners gobble that up. But walking in the spirit, that's something altogether different. A man can put on a suit and a tie, cannot do this and start doing that. He can cover up a whole lot of sin. I like what Sister Vicky said the other day. She posted on Facebook and said, if you're fasting but gossiping about other people, just get something to eat. Yep. <laughs> you can be religious and cover up a whole lot of mess with religion. I, I preach, I, pre, I was preaching the school of Christ in the prison. A lot of those guys that were Seventh-day Adventists were in there, man, some of those lessons, man, they, they, woo, they're, they're hammering obedience and keeping the word of God. If you love me, keep my commands. Man, they would eat that. I'm telling you, eat that up. And then when I got on grace and truth, 
We're not saved by the law. We're saved by grace through faith. And I, and I got to talking about going to church. One of them asked me, he said, what day do you go to church? And I said, Sunday. He said, oh, man, I, I had such high hopes for you. He said, you're deceived. He said, the Sabbath is on Saturday. The Catholic Church changed all that. And I said, I go by what the Bible says. I've never been a Catholic and don't know what the Catholics teach. I go by what the Bible says. I said, John on the Isle of Patmos, he was the church. And he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I said, what's the Lord's day? And he said, it's the first day of the week. And I said, it's the Lord's day because he was raised from the dead on the first day of the week. And because all born again believers that were called Christians were not permitted in the Jewish synagogues because the Jews, the Pharisees, and the Sanhedrin didn't believe in Christ. They expelled them out of the synagogues and wouldn't let them worship with the other Jews. And so Paul commanded them to meet on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, and to give of their offerings. And I said, that is where it all began. I said, but if I want to worship on Saturday, then I'll worship on Saturday. If I want to worship on Sunday, I'll worship on Sunday. If I want to worship on Monday, I'll worship him on Monday. Give me any day of the week. And he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the God of all seven days. He's the God of my every waking moment. He's the God of the entirety of my life. They didn't like that. There are Muslims in there. The uh, warden called me in. You get called, you're a guest in the prison, and the warden calls you and says, I, I need you to meet with me, and, and the warden of the prison schedules a meeting with you. You have done something really wrong. And so I said, yes, sir, and I called Brother Pete Spackman, and I said, warden wants to meet with me. I said, Warden ever meet with you? He chuckled. He said, oh, my. He said, you're stirring that prison up. And I said, you think? He said, yeah, it'll be all right. He said, you haven't, you haven't carried any contraband or broke any rule? I said, no, sir. I said, all I ever go in with is my Bible. That's it. My school of Christ manual. I said, I have given a few manuals to the prison guards, but I got the okay from the warden before I did that. He said, you don't have nothing to worry about. I went in. He said, Mr. Sullivan, do you know why I called you in here? I said, I don't have a clue. He said, well, he said, you are the most loved man in this prison. And I said, really? He said, before you get too excited, you're the most hated man in my prison. And I said, really? He said, a lot of them men on that yard, he said, they love you intensely. They would fight for you. And he said, just as much as they love you, he said, I have a prison yard full of Muslims. And he said, they intensely hate you. He said, when you go out there and you preach, he said, they tell me you preach loud. <laughs> they tell me you preach very demonstratively. And that they can hear you all over the prison yards. He said, I've got prison guards 
And it's the same way. You're the most loved preacher that comes here by my prison guards that are Christian. And he said, you are the most hated preacher that preaches in this yard by my guards who are not Christian. He said, you know what? He said, that's the reason I like you. He said, I'm a Christian, Mr. Sullivan. And he said, if all my Christians love you and all my unsaved guards and the Muslims hate you, he said, I think you're doing a good job. He said, I'm going to ask you something. He said, the Muslims are complaining, saying they got to hear you preach. There ain't nowhere on the yard they can go to escape your voice. <laughs> and you preaching the gospel all over them, and they hate it. And they want me to set up those loudspeakers in my prison yard, and they want me to play that Muslim call to prayer. And he said, I told them, it ain't going to happen. And he said, the only way that I can keep it from happening, we don't talk to lawyers. And if I let you preach so loud that they got to listen and I got to let them put them speakers up, he said, you going to tone it down. I said, really? He said, yep. He said, we're going to corner you off into one section of the yard and that's the only section you can be in. And he said, if they want to hear you preach, they got to come there and you got to tone it down. I don't want them hearing you all the way on the opposite corner of the yard. I said, it's going to be hard. He smiled. He said, well, if Jesus is in you, you can do it. And I said, I will do it. I went back and told the guys, and man, they were so upset. I told them, I said, guys, anointing is not in the volume. It's in the man. How that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, for the Lord was with him. And I said, he's with us. Yeah. I want to tell you, he questioned God's word. Is, is that really what God means? Is, is that really the way God intends for you to live? It is, because that's what his word says. He questioned God's word, and he denied God's word. He said, actually, you won't die. There, there, there's not really the consequence to sin that you think it is. You can tell a, a lie and you'll find out it'll help you out. It'll help you get out of trouble. And you'll wake up the next day and you'll be on your merry way. Nobody will know the difference and nobody will be any worse off for it. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. If you really believe there's no consequence to your sin, you'll be a liar. If nobody knows it was a lie except for me, it'll take my joy, it'll take my victory, and it'll take my testimony. I'm not going to do it. He substituted in his own lie. He said, God knows you'll be as God yourself. Man, have people bought into that or what? Most important point, and he said, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil for yourself. That's the biggest lie that man's ever fallen for. Everybody did that which was right in his own eyes. We were in that theme park. I can't help. I'm somewhere. I'm surrounded by a million people. I'm just going to watch and observe. Some people just see people. But I see saved or lost. I see people 
just walking and living and talking and man they're they're tatted from one end to the other they're pierced all through I mean they're wearing things that I would think would be immodest for a woman to you know walk around her own house in front of her children and they're wearing that right out in the broad daylight public immodesty you know the Bible has a lot to say about modesty and immodesty Woo! Somebody shout glory right there. It ain't about a, a, some kind of systematic form of rules of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about heaven and hell. I'm talking about life and car, uh, death. I'm talking about carnality versus spirituality. Is that, is that really the case? It is. Or you can just do whatever you want to do. If you think it's all right to wear, you can wear it, so says the devil. If that's an okay place for you to go and be, go there. Involve in that. Do that. You're going to find out different. If God's not there, my mind is exclusively his. <laughs> If I'm going to go somewhere and every three minutes I got to turn around and say, I got my son with me. I don't appreciate you throwing the F-bomb and using God's name in vain every other word. You know what he's going to tell you? It's a free country. Mind your own business. You know what the Lord told me? He told you exactly right. If you don't want to be around that, if you don't want to be exposed to that, if you don't want that thrown all over your kids, don't go back. Right. Yeah. I made it an issue of sin or righteousness. Not the world. I made it one. And if I don't want my kid to talk like that, I'm keeping him away. Right. Somebody said, well, I don't see nothing wrong with it. That's okay. I want my grandbabies uh, laying hands on Minnie Mouse uh, trying to get her full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't want them learning four-letter words. How did Eve respond to Satan? I got to quit. Curse if you help me. I need to preach too long. I ain't had church in two weeks. I want to preach all night. <laughs> Hallelujah. How Eve responded to Satan. She took away from God's word when she said God told Adam from any tree of the garden you may eat freely. She didn't use the word freely. She added to God's word by including God said we couldn't eat of it or touch it lest we die. God didn't say touch it. He said the day you eat of it you'll die. She changed God's word in the day that you eat uh, of that tree, you shall surely die. She said, lest you die, or if you die, or in case you would die. No, if you sin, you would die. That's right. Right. No ifs, ands, and buts, but no maybe to it. Amen. Satan's purpose, his design, his plan is to make us ignorant of God's will. The most important point being Satan attacks God's word because 
God's word reveals God's will. There's so little gospel preached, even in most evangelical churches. So little gospel preached that when you go somewhere and you preach to people that don't hear much gospel preached, they're either shocked or offended. You go somewhere where the gospel's preached all the time and people love the gospel, they will shout the, the chandeliers down. The word of God will bring them joy and life and peace and abundance. But where there's no gospel preached, it is an offense to the flesh. Mr. Osteen said, I edit every sermon that I preach. I watch every broadcast three times and before it's ever allowed to be aired, I've already went over it three times. If there's a scowl on my face, I cut that out. If I say anything that I think may offend anyone, then I take that out. I don't want a look, an action, or a word to bring any offense to anybody. And I thought, if you can preach the gospel and never offend anybody, you're better than Jesus because he offended everything that didn't love the Father. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He said in Psalms 40 and 8, I delight to do thy will, O God. Thy law is within my heart. I want to leave us with this. Our defense to Satan's deception is the word of God. It was the weapon that our Lord used when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Verses in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, every lie Satan brought was met with the word of God. We need to know God's word. I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step farther than that. You need to memorize God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. You know we're commanded to meditate on the word of God day and night. And then you are required to use God's word. It's the sword of the spirit. You use the word of God against Satan. When he comes to your mind with a, with a lie, with a deception, you war against that deception with the word of God. You bring that thought under the obedience of Jesus Christ through the word of God. Ask yourself this. Stand with me and I'm, I'm closing. Do I spend time each day reading God's word and meditate on it? Am I systematically seeking or desiring to memorize God's word and then hide it in my heart? Do I find myself automatically thinking Bible, thinking scripture, thinking the word when I am tempted or when I am faced with a decision of right or wrong? Or do I have to call somebody and say, hey man, what do you think I ought to do right here? You think this is okay? I, I've done that from time to time. But it's still going to be, it's still going to be weighed against the scripture. And if my buddy says, I don't think that's wrong with it. And then scripture and the Holy Ghost says, don't do it. I ain't doing it. That's right. 
Are there any lies in my mind right now that I'm believing or pondering believing? Do I know God's will for my life? What it is that God really wants from me? And do I really want to know God's will? Do I delight in doing God's will? Am I guilty of not just believing lies, but am I, am I guilty of telling lies? And why, if I am doing it? Am I willing to take as the truth and the whole truth everything God's word says to me pertaining to my life? Or do I occasionally ask God, has God really said that? Am I trying to argue with God's word? And then last is the word of God becoming more and more wonderful to me every day that I live. Do I long for it, yearn for it, and love it more and more the longer I serve it? The closer we get to heaven is the word becoming a more, a more treasured part of my life and my existence. I pray for you the answer is yes. Amen. Satan is a deceiver. There's no truth in him. He's the father of every lie. The only way to combat him is with the truth. I want us to gather around this altar and I want us to thank God for the truth of his word. And I want you to ask God, Lord, I want you to put in me a love for truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. God, if there's a prayer request tonight, I want to put in. Give me a love for the truth of your word. Help me, oh God, to meditate upon it day and night. Help me, oh God, to study it, to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God, where I lack wisdom, I want to ask you for wisdom concerning the word of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Oh God, tonight, open my eyes to gospel truth. God, when I read and study the scripture, God, the truth that I'm ignorant of, the light, oh God, that's been hidden from my life. God, if I've walked in darkness, surely it was ignorantly. I pray, oh God, that you reveal truth to me. The truth, oh God, would correct the error in my life. The truth, oh God, would trump every deception and every falsehood in my life, oh God. Fill my heart with your truth.